All right, whenever you guys are ready. All righty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Glass Half Sports. I am uh, one half of your hosting duties, uh, Nick Huffman, fresh off week one of the NFL season. I feel rested. I feel refreshed. I feel rejuvenated, full of football. It was a very wild weekend uh, to open the NFL season. Um, glad to have you guys with us as always. Um, sitting to my right is my co-host. Say hi. And what's up, Mike? How's it going, everybody? Uh, my name is Mike Mensing. Uh, I'll be along for this ride today as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to diving deep into some football talk, man. I've been waiting for this for, what is this, our 16th show? And this is basically what I've been waiting for. Oh, yeah. We did. So, we had so many preseason games. Right. The NFL had next to none, and we're going to talk about why that was important later in the show. That's called a teaser. That's more growth for Gabe back there, if you heard it during the, the pre-show. If you like the show, feel free to follow us on what platforms, Mike? Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Spotify. Hey, Nick, are we on Patreon yet? No. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but so we Twitter, have a Venmo. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok, and Spotify. Um, and remember, if you do miss us on Thursdays, uh, I believe you actually have two chances to catch us. One yes, on Fridays and one on Saturdays. The Saturdays opportunity is on MCN 6 at 1 p.m. And how do you catch us on Fridays? The same way. It's just going to be at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, you get the X-rated version. That way when I drop a fuck or a shit, which Gabe is now going to have to edit out at the beginning of the show, you'll be able to actually hear it instead of it getting bleeped out. So, yeah. Um, what do we got for the show today, Mike? Uh, like we said, exciting show today. Um, we actually finally get to talk football. Yes, we do. A lot uh, of it. Something that we've been waiting for for a while. So we're going to talk about the Vikings in week one and how they translate to their week two matchup. Yep. Uh, we're going to do pretty much a full week one recap. Important games yeah, only. Yeah, kind of highlight, highlight Sorry, games Jacksonville. there. Um, way too early awards. Like way you asked me for these, and I was like, these are way, oh, way too, early. too early. I just want to know who's in the best position, um, Mike. Questionable headlines for week two. Uh, and then we're gonna talk a little bit of hockey. A little Still bit of no hockey. deal for Kirill the Thrill. And then <laughs> our glass half topic of the day. We are glass half sports, so we do have to do a glass half topic of the day, and that's gonna be about John Wall leaving oh, the Houston oh, oh. Rockets. There's a little precursor for how I feel about that one. All right. Yeah. So uh, let's roll right on into uh, what I'm going to call Vikings then and now. I think in between each week, what me and Mike are going to do to make sure that we can uh, get to last week's game and then roll right into how that's going to translate into this week's game. We're going to kind of break apart one, tear it down, see how everything went and move on into the other one. Um, Mike, how do you think the, the Vikings week one matchup went against the Cincinnati Cincinnati Bungles? Um, I think your teaser possibly applies here you know okay. we just looked uh we looked rusty at times yes um but what made me as a fan probably the angriest wasn't necessarily the rust yeah um it was just the all-around undisciplined football oh yeah right so uh what was it 10 penalties in the first half that were accepted i think there were 14 thrown on us yeah um just in a, a perfect example of that undisciplined football not moving our feet when we need to move our feet and just grabbing um, I didn't think our tackling was all that great, to be completely honest with you. Um, there were, you know, a couple third long, uh, third and longs that it's like just tackling before the sticks. Um, and we just weren't able to do that. Joe Mixon ran like a man possessed at times. Joe Mixon is a man possessed and uh -huh. has been for years just in a bad organization. I, just, I truly spotlight. felt that we were in the right position to limit him to yards, though. Oh, yeah. At, at times. And uh, we just weren't able to do that. Um, and then... You know, I, I felt like we played uninspired. You know, we knew that Cincinnati was a poor team, and we 
We just did not. We played down to their level, which this Vikings team seems to do quite often, unfortunately. So, I mean, there is some good news, right? So there were some awards given out. I don't know if you have heard about this for the Vikings Week 1 performance to guys like Rashad Hill, Garrett Bradbury, uh, and I'm just going to go ahead and say Kubi or, or the offensive line in general for uh, NFL busts of the year in week okay, one. Of the year in week this one. This is, uh, I mean, Zeke El- Ezekiel Elliott got a nomination too for not being for being the world's most washed up running back, but we'll get to that later right, in the show. That's unfair to Zeke, but yeah, we will get to that. Um, it's, it's, listen, I don't think there's a whole ton of panic that need, we're not pressing the panic button, but there's definitely some adjustments that need to be made in play. Okay. Everybody had questions regarding Rashad Hill going into week one, if that's really the guy that you're going to be able to have anchor down your left tackle spot. And when in the first half he had more penalty yards accounted for than Dalvin Cook had rushing yards, then you need to make the appropriate adjustment and start to hold guys accountable and pull him from that ball game so you're not down 17 points having to make a comeback where Kirk Cousins has to drop back and throw the ball damn near 50 times a game. Now, Caveat to this is I do think the defense played well. You got to remember the guys that are going to be the the studs of this defense. Two of them that I think are going to have the largest impact, which is going to be Pierce and Hunter, have not played football in over a year. This is their first live game action. It was 90 degrees outside. It was hot. And and they're just going to it's going to take time to adjust and get back into the flow of things, right? Now, if you take a look at it though, if you're the Vikings, you can draw some silver lining as well from the fact that I don't think any team that was considered a shoe-in for the playoffs, considered this a regular season game. I think just based on the timing and how everybody is used to unrolling their off-season program, this was a preseason game number four. Bills underperformed, Patriots underperformed, Vikings underperformed in week one. Uh, You can look at other teams. um, I mean... They just didn't come out ready. There was not enough push or pop at the on, at, on the offensive line as to where these guys and these teams that were geared up, ready to go, they need they they know they need to get off to a hot start this season. Ten times more physical, ten times more inspired, and I think that's what won a lot of football games this weekend. And I think that's who the Bengals were over the Vikings. Not necessarily that they beat us. We just weren't ready. I mean, I would say that we beat ourselves more than they beat us. Um, I just don't think that Bengals football team is a very good football team. It's now, you bad. said it's not time to panic. What would have had to have happened on Sunday for us to have panicked? Not being able 10 to. 10-plus penalties? Not being, able to, not, not being able to come back and recover from our mistakes. I will give them credit the for the Bengals first time. The Bengals defense was. Okay, so the reason that we were able to come back in that game mm-hmm. was because the Bengals were stupid enough to continue to run cover one and cover zero in their secondary and yeah. continue to blitz. When you have Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen through four quarters playing man-to-man coverage, they're going to get open eventually. True, but if, if they it, played any sort of a base defense, we wouldn't have been able to come back. Okay, but you're telling me that as a defensive coordinator, you're going up against Garrett Bradbury and Rashad, or Rashad Hill, and you're not just going to run every defensive lineman you have right through their face mask? Not Those are two of the worst linemen in the NFL lead, right now. No. Not when I have a f- two-score lead, no. In the second half, no. I mean, it's, it's, this is, and remember, I, I would make Delvin Cook beat me by four or five, six yards of carry, which is fine. Now, I will, I will say this. I'm going to kind of pseudo give myself a point on the call to counter, which we haven't used in a while here. When I made my Bengals prediction two weeks ago or last week or whenever we did them, what did I tell you? I said I didn't have a ton of faith in Zach Taylor because I don't think he's great at game management. Okay. That last week, pretty good showing at, 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 at that exact thing, not being able to make the I mean, adjustment and protect do you recall your what I said about the Bengals, though. We're a good football team. Is that Joe Burrow makes them a good football team. And he does. And he does. He played really, really well. Now, what? Real quick. 
Would you have Jamar Chase on your fantasy team? Maybe. There's too many target. There's too many. I mean, they've got good weapons between Boyd. Uh, I even think Uzuma's an underrated tight end. Yeah, but Mixon's who, who's there. Burrow really going to go to? Probably Jamar Chase. Sweet. I didn't pick Jamar Chase up in fantasy, so Mike is going to throw a lot of jabs this week. I, I did. Oh. He just sat week one because I wanted to make sure he could catch the football. <laughs> hey, it's hard to see without the white stripe it on is, it, Mike. It is. What a bunch of bullshit. But hey, he found the laces on Sunday against the Vikings. So. You know who else found the, the laces on Sunday for the Vikings? How about the kicker? Hey, we nailing have, we some may clutch have a kicks. Again, folks, we may have a kicker again. Zim is going to be able to actually focus on offensive offense and defense if if uh, this is how the special team is going to play. You know what? In the punter that we had played extremely I mean, well. Zim's not really ever focused on the offense. That's why we've had like six different OCs. You don't say. No. Well, yeah, well, um, what do you think would have need to have changed? Like if you could have picked one thing, what would have been the one thing you would have changed, changed for the Vikings in week one to ensure that either the penalties don't happen or maybe we get a specific play to turn the game around? Was there anything that you saw in particular? Tell them if they don't win, they don't get a flight home. Because <clears throat> we literally, like the biggest issue in my opinion was there was absolutely no fire. I agree. Um, so maybe if you tell them, hey, all right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is true. It, is. I, it was just kind of random yeah. from what we were talking about. So thank you, Todd Mensing, uh, Mick Tinglehoff, Hall of Fame, Viking. Recently did uh, 60, did. was it uh, was either 65 or 81, and I can't remember because I looked right at the tweet, and I even was like, oh. But yeah. um, condolences to his family, as always. Th- T's and P's, thoughts and prayers. See, he was a guy, too, honestly. He played, like, every down. And you just and was, like, fired up and ready to go no matter the weather, no matter the opponent. And uh, that's just something that's missing from this Vikings team. And that, to me, like, sets in. Panic. Where does that come I know from? It's, I get it's week one. It comes from, like, honestly, I hate to say this, but it's, like, this generation. It's our generation. No, no, of- no. Where in the locker room does that need to come from? So at every other level of football, it needs to come from the head coach. But in the NFL, it needs to come from your it needs playmakers. to come from I think yourself. It's on you, right? Like I don't think it's necessarily like a trickle-down thing where like you have Kirk Cousins stand up in front of the locker room and give a rah-rah speech. Well, and I'm not if saying it's gotta the, be that. If you're Rashad Hill, like get yourself ready to fucking play, man. True. But I just I just don't think he's talented enough. I'm gonna leave that at that. And until he decides to prove me otherwise that is i actually tweeted out over the weekend that we were officially going to start the bench rashad hill hashtag and try to get it to trend i got like four retweets i mean Um, what's our other option so this is what i was going to lean into wyatt davis is probably going to need to get some playing time here and if tackle listen no not at tackle he's either going to come in and he's going to have to play center more or like more than likely he's going to have to come in and play guard for ezra cleveland and ezra cleveland is going to have to kick himself out to tackle you cannot continue to allow kirk cousins who is a fumble prone quarterback that that shrinks around pocket pressure to have guys in his face up the front and to his blind side because when he begins to worry his throws begin to wander because his eyes are pulled to the rush and not to the receivers that's basic football you know that as a quarterback i do is there any credence to moving o'neal over and you just paid him the right tackle. You just paid him as a right tackle. So unless you want to get into a situation where he goes over there and if he does, he goes absolutely lights out and you have to reset his contract. But and now you have to pay Ezra, who's going to be due on a contract soon out at right instead of a guard at right tackle. There's a lot to be done. Wyatt Davis was a mauler at okay, Ohio but you State. You just said you wanted Ezra uh, Ezra Cleveland at left tackle. I, okay. It's just it's a That's business one thing decision. That you and I just disagree with. Like it's a business decision. Put the best football team on the feet. If that like, was the case, Rashad Hill wouldn't be playing. Cut. Then get him the fuck out of there. 
And I agree. So I think Wyatt but Davis. Why is are you need worried about like, oh, well, if we play him here, we might have to give him more money. It's like become a better football team. True. That's the goal. Yeah. Stop losing to lowly teams like the Bungles. I agree. I agree. And there's a lot that needs to change. But I think he was a mauler at Ohio State. I think at the very least, he would if say you do bring him in at center, just he's a smart kid. He graduated. Uh, I think I read something that he had actually gotten some academic accolades when he was at Ohio State. When he yeah. was when he was there, so the cheerleaders were like actually doing his homework. Yeah, for him, All like right. legit. But with that being said, if he's sm- smart enough, or you think Kirk is smart enough to make the calls at the line, and you just allow Wyatt Davis to, Davis to snap the football and guys not be sitting in Kirk's lap before the two second mark, that's an improvement to the offensive line. If you can kick one of the, your guards, Udo also played tackle out to tackle, Udo and you didn't get look great though. He, he didn't, but he's a big body, and that's what Zim wanted. This is we, you have to do the best with what you have now. You got to you got to you got to move forward, right? You got to make an adjustment because you got, and if you don't hold guys accountable, is is I think my biggest point here. If you allow Rashad Hill to play like shit, and then stay on the field, and then he comes out again and he plays like shit, and then stay on the field, why would anybody else? These guys that are barely making the roster, these third down players, those are the guys, the guys that make a difference, the X factors in football games that don't feel the need to make the extra effort, that feel like if they drop the ball, doesn't matter, I'm going to get another play. No, you need to draw a fucking line in the sand and be like, listen, if you don't play well, you don't play here. You're doing it to Cam Dantzler. You sure as hell got to do it to Rashad Hill. Agreed. Okay, so let's move on. Oh, here we go. Uh, uh, Tevin Pittman says Darashaw needs to get healthy. That is another thing that I agree. And (laughs) Anthony Barr, too. Agreed. Okay, Um, so moving on from week one into the week two matchup, how worried are you now that we're going to be going up against J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones, who just ripped uh, one of the better tackles in the league in Lewan to shreds with the Tennessee Titans? I'm not worried about them because our offensive line is going to get dominated. Pretty much week in and week out. Yep. Until they find, and I think we're just a, a literal, emotional leader on offense away from, from it happening. We don't have a fiery guy. Dalvin's kind of pushed back. JJ's kind of a playful guy. Adam's not. Maybe it is Adam. Kirk Thielen. is worried about his cousin snaps or whatever. His yeah. Cereal. Whatever. Um. Honestly, I'm worried about <sighs> Kyler Murray throwing for 400 yards. Uh, I don't know. In, in a I game think where Pat- looked very good. And they said that those were were just technique issues. And okay, so he's been in the league for what six years. He's also coming off an and injury. We're asking him to fix his technique in three, like four practices. He's coming off an injury. The guy's going to have to work himself back into shape. He he didn't get a regular off season either. None of the Vikings did. It might take I mean, them a little bit excuses, longer to round into shape. But we have a very good football team facing our. The two low, weakest opponents on our – these like, are outside of the Lions. These should have been the two easiest games for us to grab off the schedule. Oh, I totally disagree. You think the Cardinals are the second weakest opponent on our schedule? No, no, no. I said these would have been the two easiest games because there's – Vikings had a new defense. Nobody has tape on them, so you really don't know what coverages and things like that that you're going to get from Zim and his defensive staff, okay? There are also teams that – are very up and down. The Bengals beat us this week. They could get trounced next week. The Arizona Cardinals just beat the Titans. We could very easily beat them by 30. It really just depends on what version of this football team you're going to get. All right. Clip that. Because I apologize, but there is no way in hell. I will bet every dollar I have that the Vikings don't beat the Cardinals by 30 points. No. That's a good football team, dude. I'm sorry. I disagree with you. 
They they are Kyler. What are Murray, they missing? They are Kyler Murray's energy, and when Kyler Murray doesn't bring it, they don't have it. Okay. And I'm, what are we then? Like Dalvin Cook runs for one fifty, or we lose? Pretty much. Okay, we're gonna lose a lot of football games. I am aware. <laughs> I Which, totally disagree, dude. I think that Cardinals team is like I don't know, man. They could win the NFC West. Well, we said it. We said it. If they make the playoffs, Kyler will be an MVP candidate. He played like an MVP candidate last week. And I'm, I'm going to give credit where credit is due. Let's look. Can you look up his stats on this little flip thing that you got in front of Not us? Not while we're on touchscreen. Mm-hmm. But I know he, he balled out. He Gabe, had four, can you, he had can you four touchdowns chance, last week. Yeah. Can, Gabe, can you by chance look up what he had uh, in week one? Kyler Murray? Yeah. yeah. Okay, hang on. That's what I was afraid of. We're trying new things here, folks, but my thing, my uh, computer wants to exit out on me. But no, I just I think it's it's I one think of these kind of dumb sometimes. No, dude. Like, listen, their their like, offensive line sucks. Team, oh my God. They do not play good on the how, offensive how line. How can you look at another NFL team and say their offensive line sucks? Because I know what a bad offensive line looks like with guys like no, Pierce Tomlinson. Dude, ours isn't bad. It's horrible. Okay, regardless, if you have Hunter, Tomlinson, Pierce, Griff, Sheldon Richardson, Kendricks, or, or even just throw Barr into that, that scenario. That is more than enough speed and athletic ability to contain Kyler Murray and make it a dirty football game. We also have the offense. Where was it week one? We also have the offense to where if things go well, you can get Dalvin at three and a half yards a pop and just keep picking up first downs. 289 yards and four tugs. What do you have rushing, Gabe? Can you scroll down just a tad? Five attempts for 20 yards. So, I don't know, man. He's over 300 yards total offense and five touchdowns. Listen, I'm not telling you that he's a bad football player. I'm not telling you that the Cardinals... You just said the Cardinals was the second easiest game on our schedule. I said because of this... Situations are situational, okay? Let's not take everything at face value here, folks. or, Or so literal. This is a team that historically plays up and down. They played a great game last week, so historically you could expect a bad one this week. Their offensive line play isn't great. Outside of two pass rushers that they have, Isaiah Simmons and Buda Baker, I'm not entirely sold on their defense. It is a beatable defense if you want to run the ball directly up the middle of the field, which we could do with a guy like Dalvin Cook. You control the the clock. You don't let Kyler Murray get into a rhythm. There is a recipe to win by a lot controlling the clock, but there's also a recipe to lose because we play undisciplined football. I'm just giving you both sides. Score prediction for next week because we got to move on before I snap at you. Um, I'm going to go Vikings 28, Cardinals 24. I'll say Cardinals 31, Vikings 17. We'll see who's right. By the way, Mike had a really good week one, folks, predicting all of the underdogs to win. Home dogs. Woof, woof. 11 and 5 for Mike. I think I only got six wins on mine. Uh, but we will continue to make the picks. The fans didn't get involved with us this week. So I don't know Maybe what happened week. there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that's my prediction for game two, folks. Let us know what your thoughts were on game one against the Cincinnati Bengals and what you expect coming out of week two uh, for the Minnesota Vikings and if they're going to be able to pull off what now seems like a massive upset win against the Arizona if Cardinals. If you're a true Vikings fan, you have low expectations and then you don't get heartbroken. That's true. So from, from micro-focus to macro-focus, let's go out to the entirety of the NFL here and give some takeaways uh, from teams in week one. 
Um, Mike wants to start with something that I'm going to rip him to shreds for, so I'll let him go here with uh, what teams, Mike? Uh, Steelers versus Bills. Okay. Yep. I'll let you say what you want. How are you going to rip me to shreds when you were wrong? Still a bad football team. How did Najee Harris do? The guy that you said was going to dominate the NFL no matter who was in front of him. I mean, that Bills team is like a top AFC team, right? Ben Roethlisberger threw some picks. Yeah. Did they win the football game? No, but... Did like they I win said, the football game? They did not, but did like they, I what? said... Wait, no, no, no. Did the Steelers win the football game? Yes, they did. Okay, there you go. The Steelers won, the Bills lost. But like I said earlier... And the reason being... All of the teams... Mike Tomlin is a genius. I'm not... I'm going to give them... You act like I'm not giving these guys their credit. I like Mike saying, Tomlin dude, as a I coach. told you last week, like, you had way too low of expectations. Did you pick a, the Steelers uh, to win? Um, I didn't, but I thought it was going to be a really close so game. So shut your mouth. Okay, um, this is it, it is what all the playoff teams did when that had sat their starters pretty much the entirety of the offseason, especially with all the COVID stuff. A lot of guys aren't doing contact week one. The Bills, if they were to run this back, could very easily next week run the Steelers right up out of the building. Okay, that offense was horrendous. They I mean, were literally the Bills offense wasn't very good either. Because they don't it's different. When you don't play during the I preseason, it's different. I mean, did Ben Roethlisberger get a ton of preseason snaps? Ben Roethlisberger's been in the league for how many years? Josh Allen is still on his rookie contract. It's very, And this is a team with a lot of young talent on Josh it. Josh Allen they almost need, won an MVP last year. You really think he needs preseason games? Maybe. Maybe no. he's one of those players. But it's it would be different if it was a one-off. If the Bills had been the only playoff team that had gotten beaten, I would have worried. But a lot of other playoff caliber teams got beaten. The Ravens got beaten. They're better than the Raiders with injuries. The, the Bills Raiders got are beaten. A possible playoff team though as well. I and I don't see that either. See, that's the thing is like you're looking at all these quote unquote playoff teams that took losses and blaming it on their players not playing in the preseason. The, no, most I'm just of the saying matchups, they're... most of the teams that they lost to are potential playoff teams in and of themselves. I would so disagree. Give some, which which matchup isn't? This one. For the starters, Steelers won 12 games last year. Are the Saints a playoff team? Could be definitely yes. Nope. Okay. They With just, what receivers who are they going to make the playoffs? It's schematics. It's schemes. It's Sean Payton is a like an offensive freaking. I understand. Just I like, understand that coaches can win you some some football games, and football is always going to be any given Sunday. But if you look at each individual roster, so you don't think the Steelers are a playoff team? You don't think the Saints are a playoff team? Nope. You don't think the Raiders are a playoff team? Nope. Hmm. Go back and look at the predictions. I, I'm, I holding really hope, I'm holding ground. I'm holding ground. I, I want to find this clip in like 16 weeks. That's fine. Mm -hmm. That's fine. I'm just gonna tell you the Bills were the Bills were a a untimely, poor special teams play, and to be honest with you, one more stop on defense away from winning that football game. The so Steelers, the Ravens, you could say, exactly. But that's the for me that is going to be the, that's difference, the difference moving a forward. Team and a Playoff team, though. So it's you're talking okay. Clutch time. See, in, and now in, you're just being ridiculous because if you flip the coin, are you going to sit back and tell me the Bills, the Ravens, the Vikings, and the Patriots are also not playoff teams because no, they didn't pull out that. a win week I'm, one? Okay. First of all, Ravens and Bills are in one conversation, and Vikings and Patriots are in a whole separate stratosphere right now. But I'm just are the Packers not a playoff team? Didn't you predict um, them to go 12 and five? So you can't you can't have your cake and eat it too. It's one side of the coin or the other. This was I would say good Packers, football teams playing right bad now, football. Are not week a playoff one. team. That's and that is overreaction as it gets right there. They didn't score a touchdown. They have the, fun, the they quarters. have the league MVP. How can you say that? They didn't, he didn't lead one touchdown drive. He he literally won the MVP last year. That's okay, all I can say last that. year. 
And Weren't then you the he, one then he just took a whole off season in like Bali? And we'll get and to them. Jeopardy. We'll get to them. We'll get to them. What was your next game? Chiefs Browns. <laughs> Very good. What'd you pull out of the Chiefs Browns game? Uh, could be a rematch of the AFC Championship. I would agree. Both like, and that's a perfect example of teams who necessarily didn't start their starters in the preseason, but those and are the, played very, very good football week one. But I think there's a difference between legitimate Super Bowl, and I will say this. So you don't think the Bills are a legitimate Super Bowl contender? They were last year. I think they're a, a conference championship team. I think there are tiers, and maybe we'll do this next week. Maybe we'll come back, and I'll, I'll, I'll put together the tiers of where I think, and Mike will too, where some of these teams are at. But you have to also realize the Chiefs, don't win big. They never cover the spread. I don't think the Browns Against were as teams they win big. I don't I think agree. the Browns were as close in that football game as you think. Colin Cowherd made a very smart point over the end uh over the this last, you know, start of the week after the game and he watched it this weekend. He's very heavily critical of Baker. And here's what he said. He, he goes there's there is a re- there is a recipe for beating Baker Mayfield. And he's right. If you can force them into close game situations where you know Baker is going to have to throw he can't overcome that. I mean, I on the I two don't... drives where they lined up and they went, Baker has to throw. They went three and out, and then they he threw an interception, which is very reminiscent of what he did at the end of the season against the Ravens that cost him, which is very reminiscent of what happened in the playoffs last year, which is what cost him. He is not a big spot quarterback. He doesn't have the ability. He's not at that level to where if you need him to make a play, it is on him and the defense and the coordinator is focused on him where he gets over the hump. I agree that they could get back there, but I still think they have a long road to go before they can consider themselves to be in a competitor with Tampa Bay or Kansas City. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the Chiefs score with like three minutes left to win the game? Yeah. So Baker basically had one more shot and wasn't able to. Do he it. had two drives where where they were down where where they knew he was going to have to throw to move the ball down the field because they were stuffing the run against Chubb. Okay. So what was your next one? Um, Raiders Ravens that Monday night football game. That's a crazy game. I just feel bad for Baltimore. Why do you feel bad for Baltimore? They're racked with injuries. Villanueva was probably the worst offseason signing in the NFL. By the way, I mean I I don't think that was necessarily. Villanueva being poor as much as it was us seeing Max Crosby really come into his own. Uh, I mean, and I, I told you Max Crosby is going to make a pro bowl. That's a different kind of dude. Very Jared. He's, he is, he is as Raider as they get. Reminds me a ton of Jared Allen, the way that he pass rushes long. He plays every snap of the football game. He's, what, he's good. What concerns me about the Ravens and their chances moving forward is they're an extremely aggressive defense. Yeah. Um, and they like to play cover one and cover zero in the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the Marcus Peters injury, I just don't know if they have enough athletes to cover that much ground. If I th- uh, I very much see the Ravens being a place where if Richard Sherman can get can find a spot to play. This is where he's going to go. They need help in the secondary. See, I totally disagree. I think Richard Sherman mm. is a cover three corner. I don't think you put I, him I mean, in a man-to-man scheme, he's going to be running for his life. Maybe. Who knows? I mean, there's different things you can do. You can always – I mean, they adjusted the offense halfway through the season. You're not going to tell me that they're not going to be able to adjust some of the defense halfway through the offseason. I mean, they, liked, the they like to blitz and play man. No, I agree. That's that's. I agree. what they do. That's their identity a little bit. Um it was actually very similar to what the Bengals did to the Vikings in week one. Yeah, beat them with pass rush. Um, yeah, just mug the line of scrimmage and play five or six in the secondary. Yeah. Um, and it it ended up costing them. Um, however, if you did not see the ending 
I did. It was that, wild. Uh, Monday right here. Game. This is what it looked like, the um, ending of the game. It was absolutely insane. So uh, Ravens scored. Yeah. And Derek Carr had about 40 seconds to lead a field goal drive at the yep. end of regulation. Um, big play, spike, big play, spike. Daniel Carlson, former Hey, that's Minnesota my fantasy Viking. kicker, folks. Uh, kicks, I think it was like 53 yards, and Amazing. I had a tear rolling down my face as he drains it. Um, that just goes to show how bad our great kicker leaves the Vikings. Yep. Um, and then it forces overtime. The Raiders hit a big play down the right sideline, and the guy gets tackled at the one, but it looks like he scores. Yeah. So players come out and are like exchanging jerseys and hugging and like. And all this stuff yeah. while the play is under review. By the way, that was a really weird duo to see. Uh, yeah, sitting next to one another. Um, so players are like shaking hands and everything. It gets overturned. Yep. Raiders have to come back out. Yep. False start. Moving them back to the six. Car throws a pick. Yep. Lamar goes crazy, breaks a run, fumbles. And then fumbles the next snap. And then uh, because the Ravens, all they do is blitz and play cover zero. <laughs> they it's got beat. Pre- predictable on what they were going to do here. And they line up in like a bunch formation. Zay Jones at the top of the bunch there that's circled. Runs a deep cross. It's just going to run a deep cross basically to the opposite hash at about 18, 20 yards. Is this against? Um, is this against? Yeah, it's and against Marlon Mer- Humphrey just cannot. The only mistake Humphrey made all night, by the way. Yeah. Played lights out football up to that, which goes to show you you can get beat on any given play. Do you play. remember Zay Jones coming out of college by, by chance? I was high on him when he went to Buffalo. Yeah. I just thought it was funny to listen to the Monday night football. Uh, and I actually watched the majority of the game with the Manning brothers. Very, yeah. And we, um, will. which was extremely entertaining. Yeah. I did see some of the clips um, and it was pretty funny hearing Eli and Peyton go and uh Carter Jones. What a, what a duo there. And they had no <laughs> idea who Zay Jones was. Absolutely no idea. He's a burner. Um, but yeah, he's, he basically just didn't live up to the high, you know, potential that Buffalo had for him, but he's still, a decent receiver. Underrated, underrated opinion in the NFL. The Raiders system produces wide receivers. It does. Weird. And fast ones. And honestly, that's And they rehabilitate a, them. Well, that's kind of been a thing going back to like, you know, early 2000s Al Davis. Yeah. Like he always, he just, his opinion was always bring in the fastest guy. Well, I mean, even now they've like, now they've brought in Nelson Aguilar. And they got Henry Good Ruggs. season, got paid. And then now they've brought in Zay Jones and Zay yeah. Jones looks good. But, um, so those are Mike's three headline games. Um, I had a couple, we've talked a lot about the, the Cardinals already. Cardinals Titans game. Just another one of those examples where I think the better football team was not prepared and they got beat. I'm not worried about the Titans. They're going to steamroll some teams. Lawan's going to get healthy. He's back. I don't know if it, I can't remember if it was an Achilles or an Achilles or an ACL. Once he's back and healthy, and they begin to find a rhythm, they're they're going to be just fine. Um, but Chandler Jones looked like a different beast out there, um, and and I, mean, I think LeJuan, really changed that football game. When Lawan took credit for a horrible game, yeah. he didn't bring up the fact that he felt rusty or injured or anything like that. He basically just said, "I suck today." Yeah, and he did. He and did. So did the Titans. I agree. Um, the other one that I had was the Saints-Packers game. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to what I feel about the Saints in our questionable headline segment, which is up next, so don't go anywhere. Um, but Aaron Rodgers looked like he would have rather been doing yoga in the mountains. I don't – and we said this. I said this actually way before – actually right after he got back to camp. I said, you're going to get the same uninspired, grumpy, detached – guy that you got when he wanted McCarthy fired 
There was a reason why he waited so long to come back to camp. He's not interested in playing ball for the Packers this year. He's interested in making sure that he gets his last hurrah. He gets to go out the hero. He gets some media time on the Pat McAfee show. And then he folds up and decides to either retire or somebody goes, no, Aaron, please, we love you. I'd love to accommodate your nine-mile-wide ego. Come play quarterback for us. And that is exactly how they looked. Devontae Adams is going to have a hard time getting balls from a guy like that. And it with him needing to perform the way he needs to perform for them to win football games, he's the tone setter. And if that's who he's going to be, the team is going to underperform. You've seen it in the past two years where he, he performs and the team overperforms. When he doesn't perform, the team is always going to underperform because he's the cornerstone. And now he's the loudest guy in the room. So first of all, on paper... That team to the East is one of the more talented teams in the National Football They're also like the Antonio Brown left bell Steelers. But on paper, are they one of the more talented football teams in the NFL? I think they're above average. Okay. They lose a lot of O-line talent. So what's average? One of the... One eight, of the like yeah. nine, and, nine and eight is average? Yeah. So would they be three games above average? I don't know. It depends on what Aaron Rodgers... I'm very intrigued to see what version of Aaron we get next week. So I don't think that my prediction was necessarily like asinine and crazy in thinking that they'd be an 11 and 6, 12 and 5 football team. However, I would have to agree with you that uh, when you have to get drugged out by two dudes to play or to do anything, like if you drag me out for bar hopping, I'm not going to be exactly very into bar hopping because I needed to be dragged to that event. Oh, yeah. Right? Um, so it was pretty clear that like, I just thought of something. So Case Keenum for the Minnesota Vikings is the complete opposite of Aaron Rodgers for the Packers right now. Oh, yeah. Case Keenum played with heart and threw his body on the line. Rodgers was throwing balls away just to make sure he didn't get touched. Which, by the way, you are who you are. Afford who you can afford to be. When you want a McCarthy fired, he set the NFL record for throwaways in a single season. Right. So that's who we're going to get out of Aaron Rodgers this year, unless he comes out next week and he's like, well, this is how bad it can be, and then decides to actually play. If that's how he wanted to use his extra game, he's an idiot, but whatever. He's rich enough to do that. Um, so if you're LaFleur, though, like, let me ask you this. How many games like this do you need to see, even four. though it's Aaron Rodgers? Four. Four games so like that. So they're 0-4. Four games like that, and guess who I'm calling? Houston. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I'm calling Houston. Deshaun Watson still on your roster. They haven't benched him. We have a playoff ready Rodgers. I will give you Aaron Rodgers. Uh, we can onload a receiver. And oh, God, that'd be such a slap in the face to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and unload a receiver. You want to be a petty little bitch about it? Fine. We'll be petty too. This is where you're going. That would be such Houston a could say the face. same thing. Houston could say the same thing. Deshaun Watson wants to go to a destination. Yeah. Green Bay is not a destination. True. So they could be like, fine. We'll take the two most prima donna quarterbacks in the entire NFL right now, and we'll just do a wife swap. They, yeah. So be I mean, careful I, what you wish for. I think both teams would still have issues after that. Absolutely. But it's new issues. True. Okay. So I think the Saints actually look pretty good. We got to talk about them a little we bit. We will. We will. And then my last pick was going to be Bears-Rams. Okay. okay. The Rams looked like who we thought they were going to look like on, on the late night game. Rams plus Stafford is scary. Rams? Jalen Ramsey in five is terrifying. Dude, did you watch that? Did you actually physically watch it? He suplexed guys. So him not at corner, but in that like nickel slot corner role 
is nasty. Where he can get his nose into the run game oh and God. blow up tight ends. Yeah. He's a different animal, man. We're going to talk about him here in a little bit as well. Um, but those are those are my takeaways from from week one. Um, let us know what uh, you guys think about my takeaways from week one. And Mike's takeaways from week one. Your takeaways were really quick. Were they asked? I know. Because mine were right and didn't need to be argued. And Mike's were wrong and needed some correction. That's just how this show goes. All right, moving on. So uh, let's run into a segment we're now going to call questionable headlines. Okay, questionable headlines is a segment where we're going to predict some headlines that could, uh, all these nopes will not age well. Yeah, that's true. We'll see. Um, but we can uh, move on to questionable headlines. Questionable headlines is a segment that me and Mike are going to try to do a little bit frequently. I think if it goes well and you guys like it, let us know in the comment section um, where we're going to predict some headlines that could be coming out of this week's uh, matchups. Okay. Uh, for example, I'll start. My first one's going to be Thursday night football tonight with the Giants and the Washington football team. And I think the headline that will come out of this one is dimes shy of a quarterback. Danny dimes, a bad football player. I don't think that he's going to be the quarterback of the future for the New York Giants. Playing against this caliber of defense is going to begin to show that they know they're going to realize that they're going to if they're going to make a run at it this year, which is kind of what they're they're trying to do. They geared up on offense and they wanted to get some stuff done. They're going to need a guy that's a that is capable of doing much more than what Danny Dimes is capable of, especially with what looks like Saquon Barkley needing a lighter workload in the front end of the the season. Um, so that's, yeah, and here's a stat to prove it. Daniel Jones has 40 turnovers in 28 games. That is worse than Kirk. That's bad. I mean, so that's the second fewest amount of games to reach 40 turnovers in NFL history. And who was first? Mark Bolger. Who was actually around for a long while. Six to eight years? But you can't, but that in the old NFL where it was ground and pound, lots of time on the clock, not a ton of quick score offenses, was more doable. 40, that's that's 40, what the Giants are, though. Yeah. Well, that's what they want to be. Right. I don't think they can do it because nobody res respects Daniel Jones as a passer. True. But so, we haven't seen – yeah, never mind. Can continue. Mike, what's your uh, first questionable headline? Uh, Jaguars are cursed. Oh. Because I was not impressed. I, I thought Trevor Lawrence had a great preseason. He made a lot of great decisions. Um, and he lost his first ever – regular season game on Sunday. He had never lost a regular season game in high school. He had never lost a regular season game in college. You want to know when the last time a rookie quarterback won their opening week game was, Mike? Okay, but if any, uh, sure. 2003. If any quarterback was going to break that trend, though. It would have been Andrew Luck. Lawrence is better. Even Lamar Jackson lost his opening game. Lawrence is better. As a, as a pure quarterback... Oh, I, as a Lamar pure Jackson is an amazing football player that just so happens to play quarterback. No, I agree. I agree. So uh, Jaguars curse would be Mike's headline for the opening week. Um, I mean, they had everything going into this matchup to to make sure that they come out with a win, right? The Texans are an extremely, if not the most dysfunctional team in the NFL. Yeah. Um, well, I don't want to throw shade towards Tyrod Taylor because I actually like Tyrod Taylor. Um, I'd take like, him as our starting quarterback. Benching Deshaun Watson for anybody else is, you know, well, I think it caused some sort of controversy or strife in the locker room. And that Texas team, they came out and played hard. Well, here's the thing. Uh, there was a comment made on ESPN while, while they were doing the score roll throughs the other day. And they were like, hey, if you're missing a guy in the NFL that's been here for five to six years and you don't know where he's disappeared to. Check for him in Houston. That's what that football team is. Yep. That's a bunch of like 
middle of their career veterans, a bunch of average guys. And if they bond well, they could rip off some football games. They looked better than I thought they would. I just thought Trevor looked uh, almost rusty. Like, I know it's not rust, so I don't know if it was nerves. Jitters. Um, but he was just not as accurate as he typically is. His decision-making was not on point like it typically is. Um, I just wasn't, I wasn't as impressed as I thought I was going to be. Small sample size, though. I, I get that. But at the same time, is it is it a little bit of a Jaguars curse? We'll find out. We'll find out. My second one is going to be the real Saints come marching in mm-hmm. this week. Uh, they play the Panthers. Yep. Sam Darnold looked pretty good. Yep. Um, in his first matchup, the Panthers team is a decent football team. Yeah, and they got Christian McCaffrey. Um, I don't think I think the Packers just fell apart. I like the Saints' pass rush. I like Jameis Winston. I like their offensive line. But what receivers? Now that Marshawn Lattimore is going to be out for a little while with that thumb, but what corners? But other than Demario Davis, but what linebackers? If you can shut down Alvin Kamara, find a way to do it, because you can if you focus on just one guy. Can Jameis Winston alone beat the Panthers? I don't think so. So I think that would be the headline coming out of this week's game. I I would predict the Panthers win. Um, but I I think it's gonna be close. All right. I think that Saints team, dude, as much as I pretty much despise that man, probably more than any other head coach in the league. Yeah. Sean Payton is He's smart. Well, I'll give him that. He is uh he's kind of a magician out there that's, with, with that's... what he's able to do. I, that is very true. We will give credit where credit is due. So what do you got next? Um, my last headline is who are the Packers? The Packers are whoever Aaron Rodgers wants them to be. Is that kind of what you're getting at? I mean, I'm very curious to see how this game goes against the Lions. Me too. Who played hard against the Niners in the second half? Credit, they took some kneecaps. Credit to head coach Dan Campbell. Absolutely. Um, he is, like, you can already see. So obviously there are week one overreactions all the time, right? It happens. But they hit. They that's a like that's a true football team that just needs to get better. They just need right? to grow their, together. Their talent is just not there, but uh they're hardworking. They don't give up on plays. They didn't give up on the game itself. Um what were which they is down? Exactly what, to, which is exactly what the Packers did. They were up. down like 41 to 21 and yeah. made it a 33-41 game. Absolutely. Um and had a chance. Like yeah. and I'm not too impressed with Goff. But Me either. if the Packers continue to play uninspired football, the Lions will steal one from them. Oh, Packers. yes, they will. And they do it all the time. So I, I'm curious, who are the Packers going to be this year? Same. That's, that's my headline. Same. All right, my final headline is going to be the real chief. Or actually, I was going to have it. The real chief is Lamar Jackson. Here's what I will say. Wow. Previous to the injuries sustained, one on the offensive line after getting the chance to see what the defense looks like, I'm going to change it. Mahomes builds dynasty in September. He'll pass the 40 touchdown and 4,000 yard mark more than likely this, this, this game in the month of September. Um, you know, we called Reggie Jackson, Mr. October. Maybe we should call Patty Mahomes, Mr. September. That's typical of Andy Reid coach teams. Yes. Um, it's been a trend since he was in Philadelphia that they come out and start the year hot. hot. Um, and I mean that Chiefs team, as we've seen over the years, is just talented enough to continue it. Yeah, but just unreal. Eleven and zero, almost seventy percent seventy percent completion rating. 
He's averaging 331 yards per game, and he has thrown 35 touchdowns and no interceptions. Aaron Rodgers would win an MVP with that number throughout the course of an actual season. Right. That is unbelievable. And you can see it in that team when they're down and Patrick Mahomes goes, nope, we're going to do it right now. They are off and running, and nobody is stopping them. That's a good football team. They need Tyron Matthew back. Chris Jones needs to continue to play well, and the defense needs to get a little bit better. They're I've seen a lot of extremely powerful offense. It's Pat man, when they want to go, yep. they're gonna go. So let us know what you guys uh, think about the questionable headlines uh, coming into for coming out of week number two. Um, what headlines do you guys have or foresee coming for teams, either good or bad, uh, in the upcoming week? Uh, and we always appreciate your support and communication. We can move on to uh, the way too early. Oh, he's got it as the still no deal for Kirill, but we can roll through. But we've got our way too early awards. Me and yeah, Mike they, are just going to kind of breeze. Those two were unfortunately flipped around on the ticker. No, today. it's all right. But we're we'll go to the way to too early awards. We are. We'll go to the way too early awards. And I just want to, just because I want to see after week one who me and Mike think are in the best positions to win some awards here, we'll make this quick. Because um, obviously this is way too early to be getting into it. But Mike, who do you got for your offensive and defensive rookies of the year and right. your comeback player of the year? Oh, geez. I remember who they are. All right. Help Zach me Wilson. Micah Parsons? So, yeah, Zach Wilson is my offensive rookie of the year um, simply because I see him as being, like, the rookie who can make the most impact, right? And yep. I think he played well again in week one. Okay. He uh, he has been le living up to expectations thus far, mm -hmm. like, throughout the preseason and throughout week one. Um, I think he had 250 and two touchdowns again. Um, if he puts up those types of numbers throughout the entire year, if he throws for 3,900 yards and 32 touchdowns, like, how is that not yeah. rookie of the year? Right? I agree. Corey um, Davis looks better than expected, by the way. Yep. And uh, that team is going to ride Zach Wilson's success, right? Oh, so yeah. they might be able to steal a few games here or there just because he's having good games. Uh -huh. And that's how he's kind of set up for that success is if he wins them a couple games, continues to put up good numbers, he could walk away with the rookie of the year. Okay. Um, Micah Parsons, defensive Basically the we same agree argument. on this one. Basically the same argument, right? Uh, it's, I couldn't think of another defensive rookie that's going to be thrust into the limelight like Micah Parsons. Okay. Uh, so if he can step up and actually help that Cowboys defense. Um, Who looked I, better than expected against Brady. They did. I, I was actually a little underwhelmed by Parsons himself. And they're losing Dexter Lawrence now. Um, to a broken foot. That was reported by Adam Schefter yesterday. So I'm very curious to see how that's going to impact how they're going to be able to focus on him for and a team that already run does the run game without Dexter being able to. Well, take not only away, that, you know? especially in the past in, in the past game now, as a team that's going to have to that is going to get a lot of four wide because they don't have a pass rush. They already didn't have a great one, and now their best pass rusher, which is like being the best of the bad, is gone. Right. Um, so he's going to get a lot of opportunities. So I think. Uh, you're very right. Through volume, right. Micah Parson wins uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Now, my Offensive Rookie of the Year I had is Justin Fields because I saw it happen in that Bears game. They gave the ball to – and they can't be doing this. What did he go, two for two with but a tug it, or something like that? He had a rushing touchdown, yep. and I could feel it. The announcers getting behind him. You could almost hear Chicago from the Twin Cities. We've got a guy. The, it's it's going to be too much for Andy Dalton to – be able to to hold off. It's going to be very reminiscent of what you saw when the guys, the whoever the starting quarterback, who I don't even remember who it was now, 
in Denver was when he was trying to stave off Tim Tebow or when the starting point guard was trying to stave off Jeremy Lin. There is an insanity behind this guy. And when he gets in, the, the fans are going to eat it up. So anything that he does that's great is going to be very reminiscent of Patrick Mahomes. Everybody, oh, Patrick Mahomes throws no-look passes. But then you got other quarterbacks like Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers and some of these other guys that have been around the league for a little bit going, we've been doing no-look passes for years. So it's just different. He's going to have the hype train behind him. And I think any limited amount of success that he has in Chicago will make him the offensive rookie of the year. So here's why I don't think he'll win it. I don't think the Bears will put him in until week eight, week nine, and it's too late. The, the They were talking about it this morning. The weakest pass rushes that they're going to face all season are coming up. I know. So if you're if, if you're going to pick your spot, it might be Andy now. Dalton is their guy, though. I don't. But and here's the thing. the thing: is like, do they eat crow after one game? No, but like I said, and I know you hate when I say this. The NFL is a business. If you're going to be able to sell more tickets, move more jerseys, well, get more people Andy to tune Dalton in, a contract. you don't owe him nothing. He hasn't been with the franchise for more than a cup of coffee. I'm just saying, you made the same argument about not playing a dude because you're paying another dude. I'm just. Situations are situational. They need to be able to sell tickets. The Vikings fans are going to show up because we we have nothing else to idiots. do in the winter, right? Because we're suckers for pain. Um, but I, I got him as the offensive rookie of the year. Not that I think he's anything special or that he's going to be overly successful or a future league MVP, but he is in one of those major media markets. There's a lot of buzz around him already. He'll be taking over from an established starter. They're going to be able to spin a yarn and make this the Cinderella story that everybody wants to see. As the Bears go four and thirteen, All who's right. your comeback player of the year? Um, I chose Saquon. Okay, um, didn't look great in Week One. He didn't, but I just don't think that that's going to be the trend. Okay, um, coming off an injury last year, um, I I wouldn't be surprised to see him turn around and rush for seventeen, eighteen hundred yards this year. I, I would agree. I think he's he's so capable. If, of So if he so. puts up eighteen hundred yards, Giants win a few ball games here or there. He could he could be the comeback player of the year. I would agree. Um, as long as that offensive line stays healthy and they realize that they're going to have to make him the focal point of the offense. I don't know why. Can't run it through Danny any, Jones. Yeah, I don't know why there's any question. To who Maybe just because he's is. hurt right now. Yeah. You but know what I mean? Or, or, or working his way back in. He hasn't played football. He's also one of those guys. Hasn't played football in a while. Okay. It's going to take some time. Um, I actually have my comeback player of the year is Daniel Hunter. Which I, was, I don't disagree with. I saw it. Yeah. I, uh, I was very encouraged by what I saw against him in Cincinnati. He's getting the respect he deserves now. At one point on my on Michael Pierce's second sack, they used three guys on Daniel Hunter. And then the presser came out yesterday. Um, and his defensive line coach, um, blanking on his name right now, Edwards or whatever, yep. came out and said that he's once he works his way back in, he'll be just fine. You know, maybe they had him in for 10 too many plays for a guy that hasn't played in a while, but they were really focused on him. Um, we weren't really able to get have the ability to pass rush in the second half the way that we wanted to anyways, playing from behind. I think this is a guy that's going to have more sacks than games in a season this year, so that's going to put him up around the 20 mark, and if you're telling me a guy that didn't play football last year is going to get 20 sacks, I'm going to tell you he's the comeback player of the year. Fair enough. Okay. Um, so let's buzz through the other three with MVP first. Um, I chose, like, uh, what did I hear? Um, Patty Mahomes yeah, is who you so, And actually, this was the first time you had ever asked me to grab highlights. Um, and I was a little overwhelmed. <laughs> it's I, all good. When I just Googled Mahomes highlights. It's a lot. Like, yeah. 
It's like um, everything Mike wishes could, he could I, have been able I to could do. I show an hour video here or an hour and a half video <laughs> there. We don't um, have time. Yeah, I know, but. Patrick Mahomes is just the best football player in the NFL. Uh, with an improved like, offensive line. I'm, I'm sorry. He's he's just the best out of everybody else. I'd agree. Um, I think due to injury, it's going to be Lamar Jackson. Due to injury? Whose injury? Due to everyone else's injury and him still getting them to the playoffs. Okay. You're telling me that he's going to go without his top two running backs. Bateman isn't healthy right now. Um, Sammy Watkins looks... He never catches anything on the first attempt. He doesn't have a slot receiver. Um, they're down some offensive line play this year. They've got so corners how, who are hurt. Let's, and let's, he goes for, he throws 30 touchdowns, rushes for 10, has 1,000 yards on the ground, and throws for 4,000 yards, and that team makes the playoffs. So how do you view most valuable player? Let's make that very clear. Most valuable player to a contending team. Okay. I don't like... Zach Wilson could throw so 50 if, touchdowns if take, this year. He's not winning MVP. If you take MVP. Patrick Mahomes away from that Chiefs team, yeah. do they make the playoffs? Yes. See, I don't know if they do, to be completely But honest. if you take – well, even okay, so let's, let's – Same argument with Lamar. Is but I think Lamar they miss it by a much wider margin if Lamar leaves than the Chiefs would, would miss if Patrick Mahomes was gone. He's, he's had games where he hasn't been able to play. And they, they're okay. They've beat the Vikings without Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's because if I can suck. But that, but you see what I'm saying? Like, could you? I don't think, you know, are they going to go in and play the Steelers without Lamar Jackson and win? No, no, no. Oh, he so is, you're giving the Steelers some respect now? No, okay. I'm giving Lamar Jackson the respect that he's due. Okay, he is an MVP, and if he manages to elevate this team, very uh, reminiscent of what I gave as kind of a prediction for Kyler Murray at the beginning of the season. A guy that elevates an injured football team by himself should be given the credit he deserves. Aaron Ro Aaron Rodgers pretty much won an MVP that, that way last year. Okay, so uh, that's why I got his MVP, defensive have, player of the year. You actually have some logic behind your your claim. I'm always logical, like the rapper. Do you remember who my defense player? I thought we, were we have now. the same one. All right, Jalen Ramsey yep. in five. Um, who looks like. Brian Dawkins that can cover like Deion Sanders playing the role that they've got him in in that defense. You want to talk about a guy or a coach that has done a better job than anybody positioning two lights out defensive players to cover up every flaw that they have on that defense because of how much they're paying them. Like you see it a lot, large contracts destroy teams from the inside out because you don't have depth. You don't need it when you got Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald because they can play anywhere on the field and they get moved around like DeMarcus Ware with the Cowboys and it creates all sorts of problems. I think he probably winds up with six or seven picks this year, forces four or five fumbles. Uh, if you look at, I was doing the NFL top 100 and it said that they had like 19 or nine receptions for 19 yards against him last year. He is a animal at corner or nickel or safety or even outside linebacker if that's where you wanted to play him. Yeah, that new role that he's in where he covers the slot receiver though. Is, and he uh, bodies dudes. He is kind of nuts. He like old school bodies dudes, suplexes guys on a regular bit. Like, look at this. Tate's a tough receiver and a guy who's hard to get your hands on. He never goes down like that. Jalen Ramsey made him look like a paperweight. Jalen Ramsey is who we thought he was. Oh yeah, like coming out of college. Yep. Every now I and guess what? The way he's played the last two seasons, um, to me, has earned enough. You know, 
hindsight to be like, I want out of Jacksonville, seeing the problem before it showed up when that right. team fell apart. So um, that's why I have as my defensive player of the year. Uh, and you as your offensive player of the year have this one. I don't remember. Oh no. I had it as Patrick Mahomes. I had mine as Russell Wilson. Okay. That's who it was. Impressed by what you saw against the Colts in week one. He's just, he's one of those dudes who week in and week out will produce. You think he could touch the roof of a stadium with the way he throws the football? Possibly. Like, it looked like it. You know, it's it's something that not a lot of quarterbacks have that skill to do. Yeah. Throw that high arcing ball and let a receiver truly when you have truly like run does, you want to talk about bread basket like yeah. literally just put your arms like this yeah um dk is freaking nuts and he is anquan bolden players but he's a faster version of anquan bolden um and one of the fastest players in the league so the fact that russ can just kind of flick the wrist throw it straight up Ooh. in the air and to a guy who's six four under, yeah um i could just see russ like, honestly, I could probably switch my offensive player of the year and my MVP candidate, possibly. Oh, Russ never gets MVP. Well, I get that. But doesn't he deserve one? I mean, let Russ cook oftentimes means let Russ destroy the kitchen. The few times that they've ran that campaign in Seattle, he starts throwing picks and it goes south and they go back to running the football. I I agree. He is a wizard. He is a great big game quarterback. I don't think he's MVP caliber. And I think part of that is because the bar is set so high for him already when he came into the league and was like Super Bowl, back to the Super Bowl, you know, and he was playing with with the, the Dan Quinn defense behind him. So I just, Name I think he's at a three quarterbacks you would rather have. Um, right now, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. And then I'd make an argument for him at three. Or Josh Allen at three. I was going to say a happy Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know if that guy exists. Yeah, it doesn't. Or if you have a time machine, Jeff George. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for Strongest thanks for, arm in NFL history. That's probably. right. That's right. So that's what we got. I got mine as Offensive Player of the Year as Patrick Mahomes for the same reasons that he had him as MVP. The guy's a fucking highlight reel. Um, I don't think he's the most valuable piece to his team, but I do think he's good enough to break a lot of records. Yep. So, so those um, are way too early awards. Uh, let us know what you guys think are your candidates for these awards and where we messed up hey and just keep in mind it's who's in the best position now we're not saying that they're gonna win so don't at me four weeks into the season i'm saying they're gonna win at mike and you're gonna go ahead and at nick when you get mad at me oh you'll have to because i'm the one that runs the social media accounts it's on purpose all right so let's go from good news to deafening silence on the front of kareel kaprizov Still, even after the state fair where we got on KFAN that it was going to be a five-year, 9.9 deal, average annual salary, no worries. The Wild will be good this year. Now it's back to, well, I think we've made him a, an entirely fair offer, but I don't know how far apart we are. What the fuck are we doing with a guy that is going to be on par with guys like Crosby and Kane and Ovechkin, guys that lead franchises fan, franchises to win the Stanley Cup in the state of hockey, Mike, in the state of hockey? Are you new to Minnesota sports? No, but this is so frustrating. This would have been like if Adrian Peterson wouldn't have re-signed after his rookie deal. What the fuck? Are you new to Minnesota sports? No, just irritated. We find new ways to fuck things up every year. Ugh. <sighs> It's so annoying, and it's exhausting. I don't care what the kid wants. If it fits under the salary cap, 
give it to him. If it's a luxury outside of the, the salary cap, like he wants to be able to go play in Russia in the off seasons, give it to him. If he wants to fly a private jet by himself with party girls to and from every city, give it to him. It's not like you don't have the money. You're a professional sports franchise. The only way you buy teams like that is with exuberance amounts of cash. Quit fucking playing around. The season is coming up quick. Sign the kid, get him in camp. Let's go get a cup and you can justify your purchase. I don't necessarily think we're a Kaprizov signing away from the cup. That's what you said the last time we covered this. I, I, nah. said, I said that gives us a good shot in the playoffs, is what I said. Ugh, I'm just I'm so irritated by this. It makes me sick to my stomach to think that a guy can come in and literally elevate your franchise. Hamstrung by old, slow, smart, I'll give him that, intelligent, veteran, playoff-ready players, but guys that aren't going to be able to get it done for you in the regular season necessarily to make sure you get to the playoffs. He elevated that entire roster by himself last year. Statistically was one of the best hockey players in the first year uh, being in the NHL to ever exist. And you can't come to terms with a deal for him. Then let him go and end the heartache already. Make it a quick breakup. Quit, quit dragging this out. Fall on one side of the fence or the other. So if, if we're not able to re-sign him. Sell the team. Yeah, that's what I'm Sell saying. the fucking like, right? team. Like, the GM needs to be fired. The ownership needs to be fired. Yeah. That ain't a GM thing. Like, you saw it with T.Y. Hilton in the offseason, who was going to sign with the Ravens for a lot of money. And the GM called him, and he said, what do we need to do to get it done? And he said, we'll see what's the number. And they gave him a number, and he was like, ah, I guess that means I'm going to go play for, you know, Baltimore. And then the owner called. And the owner said, what's it going to take to get this done? He gave him a number. They gave him the number he wanted. And it was the end of the story. If that shit hasn't happened already. So, I mean, Gabe Noah has a good point. You know, don't you feel like this is out of the organization's hands? I can't even believe it's due to money. So maybe it's uh, he got extremely homesick last winter and wants to play hockey. I don't fucking I don't know the guy. Maybe Putin is is giving him an offer that's so exorbitant. I give you an offer you can't refuse. Right. Can't refuse. Exactly. Reminiscent of the wink, Soprano wink. series that's series that's coming. I don't know because this is the most notoriety he's going to get. My dad actually said that like a month and a half ago. He's like, you know, if Putin really wanted him to play in Russia, well, there's a reported hundred million dollar deal out there for him. He's probably holding his family hostage. That's what I'm saying. I don't. Right. I don't even necessarily think that there's a hundred million dollar deal. It's hey man, if you go back to Minnesota, never come back to Russia ever again. <sighs> I don't know. Whatever it is, it needs to happen, and it needs to happen soon. Because Putin's if we wind a great up, GM. Because here's <laughs> here's what I can foresee happening in our our glass oh, glass half full version, which wouldn't even necessarily necessarily be glass half full. We get the kid signed at the wire. He comes into camp late, maybe a little out of shape, just a little. I don't think he'll be. He actually. plays a smidge slower than last year. He's got all this attention on him. He gets hit. He gets hurt. And we lose him for the year. How is this glass half full? That's why if we don't get this done like now, like I feel like so these because are the, he the shows domino- up late to camp, he's gonna get hurt. No, I'm just saying you see it all the time. Guys that sh- that that don't look at Aaron Rodgers. Like you saw it with the lockouts where guys weren't Brett playing. Brett Favre showed up late to camp in 09 and had a great fucking season, man. After playing for 20 years, I'm not saying that it's. I'm just saying. He's Due to the luck, is this your first time watching Minnesota sports? That would be the most Minnesota thing ever. The to most Minnesota to us. thing to happen. He's not going to dress for the Wild. That's that's my prediction. As unfortunate as if it they, is, if they don't, it's sign taken Caprizov. this long, and you're dealing with Vladimir Putin. 
in Russia. If they don't sign I Kaprizov. I really hope Putin doesn't hear if this. If they don't sign Kaprizov. I'm scared for my life. We are going to redecorate this entire studio in fucking Seattle Kraken gear. Okay. I'm cool with that. I think they have a sweet, like... We'll ignore that the wild even exist until they can prove that they're a worthwhile franchise again if this guy doesn't show back up to camp. Yeah, agree. Uh, Let us know what you guys think. How frustrated are you that this deal has not gotten done yet? What do you think the ceiling is for Kirill Kaprizov? And what do you think the deal is actually going to turn out to be uh, on the financial end? Let us know uh, if you are a journalist that happens. What it to might be it. is like five years, or what, what did you say? The deal five years, five nine, year, nine, 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 nine. It might be that plus his entire family comes and lives in Minnesota just cool. for their safety. Awesome. What do you think, Gabe? With a with a three I million, that's do- more likely than any other outcome in a way. Like I, re- I really feel like there's real like pressure as, on him. As much as we're joking about it, right? Yeah, there's legitimate pressure from Putin. No, I agree. Like he pays attention to sports, and he scores eight goals in the hockey games that he plays in. Yeah. And understand, well... I don't know how legitimate those are. Seven of those are like, I won't get in your way. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, I'm a legit Putin file. Like, I love reading all the stuff about him. I, I think he's, I, I mean, he's the world's biggest gangster. Yep. Right. And it's like, he really does. He's done this stuff in the past. It's not, it's unlikely he's not, is what I would say. Yeah. As I much agree. as we're joking about it, it is right. really happening. And however, I will say this, because me and Mike are not the biggest hockey nuts. If there's a journalist out here that is listening... That would like to come on and defend the Wilds' standpoint or Kaprizov's standpoint. We are more than willing to have you on to discuss this out because I would like to get some answers as well. Okay, if there are answers, and there's no there. articles like real articles about it, it just makes you think like that. It's you know, shady, right? Like right. it's a little. It's it's weird. Yeah, you it's, know it's that Wild weird. front office had to speak to journalists even and go, "Look, guys, this is." way outside our hands this isn't a you know a money thing it's just it's too hard to believe that this is possibly about money if it comes out that it's because they're five million apart it's like just execute whoever the gm is right now yep right yep my point exactly all right so we are getting ready to wrap up the show i can't believe that time flies when you're having fun the fuck is going on i know (laughs) right jesus this is on time It is on time. Almost. We'll see if we can get there because me and Mike are going to talk about our glass half topic of the day. Do you have your coin? I do not. God damn it. Well, we'll we'll take sides because I'm both here nor there on this topic because it doesn't necessarily pertain to Minnesota sports. But John Wall and the Houston Rockets have come to a mutual agreement to find a new home for their point guard. Um, I don't remember where I saw this, or I would give credit where I saw it. I saw it on SportsCenter. You saw it? Fantastic. I saw it on Twitter. Don't know where I saw it, though. Um, So me and Mike are going to go glass half full on John Wall finding a new... Well, first, let's go. Where do you think he's going to wind up? Really don't know. You know, where... Like, the first team that popped into my head... I'm not a huge, like, basketball savant on, like, player movement. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I know the game well, and I love watching the game, and I know quite a few of the players. But mm-hmm. as far as like player movement and s- scheme fit, mm-hmm. I would definitely say I'm not a genius. Mm-hmm. Um, the first team that popped into my mind, though, is with Simmons leaving Philly. Yeah, would John Wall not be kind of a decent fit there? Yeah, I would agree. Or I think you can do a three-team deal with Philly, and okay. get him to the Timberwolves. Get John Wall to the Timberwolves. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather have Wall or Simmons? Wall. Okay. As much as I'm not a huge fan of score-first point guards, we've never had a scoring point guard. Okay, you still have D'Angelo, so if you really wanted to relegate Wall to the two, he's got enough size to do so. Okay? 
we already know whose team it is. Uh, his agent is notorious for having his clients hold out. Oh, uh, Tevin Pittman comments in to let us know. Uh, John Wall's agent is notorious for having his clients hold out. Um, I know John Wall, is, is, like I said, he's not going to play in Houston. Nobody wants to play in Houston. Well, right I now. mean, Houston already agreed that he's not going to play in Houston. Right. So I'm not Sorry. too worried about oh, that. But. Guys, I got to interrupt. That was yeah. a bad comment, Pastor, for me. That was about Kirill's agent, actually. Oh, okay. oh. my fault. But not actually, that's more fascinating now, right? A little bit. Because now my fan... <laughs> Fantastic idea that Putin is holding a gun to his mother's head is not exactly as falls flat. Right. Um, Yeah. But back to basketball, I think that like a three team deal where you could get John Wall over to the Timberwolves. I'm not going to say it makes them a legitimate contender, but I think it makes them a tougher team to beat night in and night out. We're in an NBA now where it's going to take volume scoring to win games. It's not necessarily focused around a ton of defense. Um, John Wall getting to the lane like this is going to open out a lot of uh, open up a lot of the same like drive and kick opportunities that you saw coming from the Brooklyn Nets with like Jay Crowder uh, and Cat can play that role from deep. Um, it it just makes a lot of sense. Now, can you fit them under the cap? Can you work with Houston and do a buyout and maybe make a run at this thing? Do you move Pat Bev to Philly? Pat Bev has a relationship with the guy that's a head coach in Philadelphia already, I believe, in Doc Rivers. Um, you know, I think it, it makes sense. You don't have—I don't think you'd have to give up a ton of draft compensation because you already know that Houston's trying to find a new home for him. Ben Simmons is trying to find a new home, so instead of going out and getting the defensive guy that can't shoot the basketball, get you somebody who's a legitimate offensive weapon. So Gabe Noah asks, "What would have to happen for the T Wolves to get him?" Um, I'd agree. I think it would be probably a replacement at point guard for Houston. Yep. So like maybe a Pat Bev. Well, you from said- somewhere. Well, no, and here's the thing: Houston has so many holes; they're just looking for pieces. Yeah. So Houston if you've got got blown up, they did, 100 percent when they Capella moved James left, Harden and James Harden left. Westbrook's got was Westbrook. gone. You know what I mean? Everybody's gone. So I'm sure that they're. I'm sure if you had future draft capital, it wouldn't take much for them to just. Which we don't have a lot of anymore. No, but Philly does. True. So but there's what, your three team route. So we're gonna give Philly Pat Bev. And some role role and, players and draft picks. Yeah. Okay. Is what I would see. Now, let's go glass half full on the agreeing to let him go itself. Do you have a preference? Like from a Houston perspective? Sure. Like the, from the Rockets organization perspective? Or, well, glass half full just on the situation. It could be John Wall. It could be Houston. What do you think the glass is most half full and most half empty for? I think it's half full for both parties, to be completely honest. Okay. I, I think that this was a failed experiment um, to try to get John Wall to carry a bad team like he did in Washington. Um, and it's, first of all, it's much harder to do in the West. Yes. Um, Especially with who's out there right now. It used to be the East. Second of all, John Wall is. John I don't, I don't want to necessarily John say like Wall. regressed, but he's, he's just not, not the same. He's guy. not the same guy as he was five years ago. I right. Agree. So. Um, I think for his career, he needs to become more of like the two or three option on a team and not the one. Um, and Houston, like when you're in a rebuild, you kind of almost have to blow it up completely. Yeah. Um, so I think it's, it's the right, I don't think it's a mistake that both parties have reached this agreement. I don't either. Um, because it is better for both parties. I would agree, but I think the glass is going to be most half empty for Houston's fans. I am sorry. It is going to be a while. You guys yeah, they're went in a rebuild. Well, they went and not just a rebuild, an extended one. Yeah. Let's let's be honest. Our our GM or assistant GM came from where? Gerson Rosas come from Houston Rockets. Okay. Uh they went out 
traded and paid big money for Chris Paul, traded him away. They went out, paid big money, James Harden, gone. They went out, paid big money, Clint Capella, gone. They went, traded, paid big money, John Wall, gone. Okay. When that happens, this is very reminiscent of what you see with the Detroit Lions. Okay. When you can't hold players or get players, it becomes difficult to bring players in and develop players. So I think for I mean, Houston, I think Detroit and Houston are two completely different destinations. I agree, but the system right now and the ability to feel like a star can come in, be sustainably happy, and win games and be competitive under the ownership that they have here now, I don't think really speaks to who did Houston draft. I honestly don't know. I haven't paid enough attention. I can go look, but I don't think it's going to be a big enough piece. You know what I was just thinking too? The other piece, if you really wanted to, I almost dropped my phone on the floor there. If you really wanted to to get into a win now mode, would you go uh, trade him to the Mavericks and find that as your way cap wise to unload the unicorn over in Dallas and give Luca a true point guard that can handle the ball coming up the floor or a secondary scorer to take the pressure off of him? I don't know if Houston would do that. Houston to Dallas? I don't know if Houston would want the unicorn. What other options do they have? They're not going to draft be- capital. I don't think they want an aging star who never reached his potential. Yeah, because they're be. right back to where they were. True. Ooh, Gabe pulled this up. Rockets acquire forward center. Yeah, they got Jalen Green drafted, and Usman Kamara oh, yeah, is pretty did. good too. Oh yeah. So I mean, they're. Their goal is to reset, rebuild, yeah, completely, right? So that's why I don't see them like going and getting the unicorn or anybody like that. It's draft capital. We want draft capital or like young talent. Should be, I'd yeah. Agree. I mean, I guess should be like if they do go and get somebody who's thirty-two, that's just dumb. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with you. It's gonna be tough. Um, so you've got it glass half full for both parties. I've got it glass half empty, unfortunately, for the Houston fans. I'm glad you guys got Jalen Green. You're going to have somebody to watch. Winning basketball is going to be a year. You know what, though? Honestly, like away. I have no sympathy for the Houston Rockets fans because I saw enough of them when the Timberwolves faced them with Jimmy Buckets that I kind of hate them. Yeah, it's true. So if you're a Houston Rockets fan and you're listening to this, boo freaking who? Who freaking who? I love it. We have seven. Try, fa- try rooting for a Minnesota sports team. Once. I love it. We have a couple hundred fans, maybe, and Mike's trying to piss half of them off. That's my favorite. You think thing half about of him. our fans are Houston Rockets fans? No, but I, I think, think we're in trouble if half of our fans are Houston Rockets fans. <laughs> you can't say that. I just did. Well, all right. We'll we'll find him later, folks. With uh, the exuberant amounts of professionalism that Rockets we show on this suck. show. <laughs> All right, uh, I think that's all we've got for the show. Let us know what you guys think on the uh, John Wall trade. Uh, Where is he going to wind up? What's it going to cost? Is it going to be a buyout? And what team getting him uh, is going to benefit? Like, what are they going to get out of adding him to their roster? Um, We are super excited to watch Thursday night football tonight. We're at the uh, New York football Giants versus the Washington football team. Notice I didn't say Redskins there because I made that mistake two weeks in a row. Um, and, uh, there are some things that we're going to be able to watch this weekend with NFL football that should allow us to coast right back through and be back with you guys next Thursday to check in on the Minnesota Vikings. And if it's abysmal or not really quick, last thing before we leave. Yeah. Fantasy sleeper for this weekend. Haven't picked. haven't even looked at my roster yet. Hmm. I still got a win though. Last week. All right. Fair enough. What about my upset special? Oh, you want ups? Can you pull week up two upset uh, special? Yeah, can you? Well, hey, let me. Well, yeah, pull it up. We'll uh, we'll pick we'll pick two upsets for the for the weekend. Lions, 
bet on the Lions. It's a ten and a half point spread. Ooh, money line or um, I don't know. <laughs> I know that the Packers are supposed to win by ten and a half. And you don't think they will? I don't think that they will. I think the Lions will clinch or you know cover the spread there. Week two game picks. Here we go. We uh, that isn't the right one because that's got uh, Giants Bears on it. Just go back to the Google page, game. Just go back to all. Yeah, just like Google week two matchups. Or is this week two? Yeah, yep, Giants, Washington. It. Okay. So um, we've got Giants, New England versus the Jets, Denver versus Jacksonville, Buffalo, Miami. I, I think Lions, Packers is a really good one, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, hold on, Lions, Packers is, is at Green Bay? It's at Green Bay. Yeah. I, I love that one for some reason. But I, I just, when like, the Packers might win by three, you know, but right. I think Detroit covers that spread. And I've got the Chargers over the Cowboys. As the upset? Dallas is always going to be predictable. Dallas has to be favored to win that game. Ooh, now i got to look that up. I don't know. And if not, um, the other one would be, where, who's the, who are the Niners playing this week? I think they have a... Oh, I'll, I'll match up too. I can see Philly beating the Niners this weekend. I can no. The way that they had the Niners played in the second half, Jalen Hurts, a mobile quarterback, he's gonna be able to make some things happen. Gabe is trying to. I like how when you're looking up or hands. when I look up the gambling stuff, like it's like CBS now has that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like yeah. they never have that in the past. All right, so. Falcons are plus 12 and a half. Jeez. Uh, to stay within spread versus the Bucs. Um, that's, yeah, they'll win by, the Bucs will win by two touchdowns there. Where is that? Here we go. Featured game. Is this yeah, Washington well, versus Giants? That's tonight. Spread is three and a half. I don't know. I don't think that's very bettable. Same look for Carolina, New Orleans. Ones. There we go. 12 and a half, Cleveland, Houston. Uh, that Texans be, and Browns. Uh, that could be a good one. I think the Browns will cover. You think that they beat them by 12 and a half points? Yeah, two touchdowns. If you're getting it at 12 and a half, you're taking the over at two touchdowns. See, I think that's uh, or it's Jacksonville a, that's Broncos an upset pick because I don't think that they do. Honestly. Who's it? Oh, New England versus the Jets. That could be closer as well. I think New England handles them. 12 and a half. Okay, Tampa and Falcons. Six, uh, Seahawks and Titans. Ooh, um, and they've got who favored? Tennessee to beat them by six. Seattle should cover against Tennessee. Seattle minus six. Seattle minus six. Oh, okay. I mean, Tennessee could cover too. It's all all going to be about That's a toss. Ooh. Ball control. Lions-Packers is 11. That's the one I'm doing. Dude, and I will take Detroit. Yeah, I would agree with Mike. If you've got money this week, I would put it on the Lions to cover. I want to bet this week just to see if that wins. That really, like, that feels like a good one. That does. To have over a 10, you know, they can win by 10. No, I agree. Good call. I agree. We just made some money for everybody. Hey. You're welcome. All right, so the house gets a 10% cut. I will put the Venmo in the comment section. (laughs) 
Uh, that includes you, Gabe, and Tevin, who just conveniently happen to be sitting in the lobby outside doing the production stuff. Um, so that'll be our upset of the weekend, uh, or where you should place your cash uh, is on the Detroit Lions. Hey, make sure to pay attention to our social media for our week two picks yeah, for and, every every matchup. And what your guys' week two picks will be as well. Um, obviously, we were trying to do something where or we're going to continue to try to do something where it's us versus the fans or Mike versus me versus the fans. Um, and, and in picks, Mike's currently 11 and five. I only got six wins out of my 16 games over the weekend. So he's got a little bit of an advantage, but I will, but I will trounce him this weekend in my picks. Um, they'll be posted on our social media. Always love your interaction. If you miss us on Thursdays, you can watch us Fridays at 10 Saturdays at one at MCN six. Mike, what platforms can people follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, Facebook, uh, fuck YouTube. That's right. Am I forgetting one? Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, TikTok, Spotify. That's it. Yep, that's it. So uh, follow us. Hopefully, maybe one day. Patreon, Patreon. One day, one day. After somebody sends me some money for uh, for a bet for a bet that we helped them win on the Lions. Um, so make sure to tune back in next Thursday, guys. Always appreciate your support. Always appreciate uh, everybody tuning in. Take care. See you next week on Thursday. Rockets still suck. Go Vikes. Skull, skull, skull. I love the outro music.